Praise God. Father in heaven, we love you. We honor you. We thank you. We bless you. And we praise you, Lord. You're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. And we give this time over to you to bless us in the way that you see fit. And you know what's best for us at all times. And you give us the desires of our hearts. So that's good as well. So, Lord, we thank you and we honor you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Just want to make an announcement. My book, Wisdom Meditations for Every Season, Autumn, is uh, available now. And uh, this and tomorrow, today and tomorrow will be the last two days you can get this one. Eleven ninety nine free shipping. Amen. So um, order that today. And also want to remind everybody, Mondays and Wednesdays, Mondays at 9 a.m., Wednesdays 9 p.m., is uh, Reverend Barbara Williams. <gasps> Hallelujah. Well, whatever. So we're, we're on. <laughs> So, yeah, K-D-A-Y live. Amen. So I love that little radio station. I get to hear some music before and after. If I turn in a little early, there's always some good music on there. And they've got some really good teachers. I'm going to have to listen in to some of her other um, ministers on there. But uh, it's a good station. And the nice thing is it's international. So you never know what country you're being heard in and and all that and and so uh you can change a life with the word of god and that's the thing that i like about preaching the word it's it's life-changing it really is so praise god so um we were talking about the spirit of pharaoh and we uh, need to um, make some other other uh points about this i thought today we would talk about uh where your mercy is as Christians, when you're persecuted for the gospel, amen, and you and I know we're being persecuted in this country and worldwide. We always are, and don't ever think you're not. Sometimes it's a little more subtle than at other times, and sometimes it's more overt, but you can see the devil flaring up in different places. You know, he's not uh, trying to make a big crusade about what he's doing. But he's doing things in very subtle ways where you you look around and before you know it, you think, well, that's not godly. That's not, you know, and now it's become law. And what can you do about it as a Christian? And this is how um, many of the um, you'll hear some um, um, people who are, are in broadcasting, conservative broadcast people I'm talking about. They refer to this this uh, thing where uh, the enemy has started taking people to court and suing them based on their religion or based on their politics. Those are the two areas you will see. They refer to it as lawfare, where they are, are trying to use the law to make people's lives miserable. Uh, take all of their money away from them, take their jobs, take their businesses, uh, do those things based on what they say are discrimination laws, but they are the ones who are discriminating against the Christians. Case in point, uh, there was a, a baker. I know you, you guys have heard this lawsuit. It's been active in Colorado for more than a dozen years now where this gentleman who is a Christian 
advertises that he will make a cake for anybody for any reason as long as it does not compromise his Christian values. And what it looks like happened to him, and it's not just one time it happened. They they seem to like to keep him in court because in certain areas like Colorado, they're very liberal. And what they want, when they call what they like everything, everybody except God's people. When they say liberal, you think, oh, well, that means they just like everybody or, or they don't discriminate. That's That's what they want people to think that means. But that's not what that means. Because everybody discriminates against somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Except God's people. We love everybody. And I'm not going to sit back and hear people say, well, the problem with the church, we don't have no problems. We have solutions. Now, if you got a problem, you come here to get it solved. You don't go to the world to get it solved. Are you crazy? world has nothing but problems. And so when when this gentleman refused, there was a couple, a same-sex couple, uh, uh, came to him. And most people think they were they were encouraged to do it by uh, one of the liberal um, organizations that pay for these things. Uh, it used to be uh, organizations like the um, uh, Anti-Defamation League. They were started. Uh, to protect Jewish rights in this country from persecution because they were heavily persecuted everywhere. You know, those are God's people, too, his first people, and they get heavily persecuted everywhere they go. And so it started first as an organization to help them to live free everywhere that they live. Now they've taken on an anti-Christian mentality or an anti-christian focus the same thing with the aclu uh southern poverty law center all of these organizations now are being used to persecute christians in the legal system and so they believe that these people put this man these this couple up to doing this and they called and asked him to make a cake he refused and he referred them to several other bakeries that would bake the cake for them. But he could not put two men on top of a cake getting married to each other. He said, I'm a Christian, and our our beliefs do not hold to that, but I can refer you to somebody who will gladly do that for you. And they sued him anyway. And nobody knows if they ever got the cake made someplace else either. They never checked to see if that was a legitimate request. And so now people are going to have to start to fight based on whether or not that was a valid request or maybe was it a setup. And, and courts don't really care anymore if it's a setup or not. See, if it's a legitimate something and, and that's the only place you can go to get that service, then that's something totally different. For instance, when when in the South where they had uh, colored and white bathrooms, if you, you know, you had to be able to use a bathroom. So they had to make them take those signs down eventually, but you had to go get laws passed to make sure that was, that was struck down and it wasn't legal anymore. That's totally different than having a cake made. That's not a vital function. A cake, you can get anybody to make a cake. And if you can't get somebody to put your, your statue up there, go put it up there yourself. You know, there's lots of alternatives. 
But for some reason, the court doesn't look at that. What they look at, the first thing they look at is here's some Christians trying to tell somebody they can't do something. Well, that man didn't tell them they couldn't. And he found somebody who would do it for him, but they still sued him and won. And he's had to stay in the courts for a long time to get it reversed. Finally, the Supreme Court decided, and this is what you as Christians have to understand, freedom of speech is free for everybody. And based on freedom of speech, they could not make that baker say something he didn't believe in. Or participate in something he did not believe in. You cannot violate a human being's conscience as far as expressing themselves. He has just as much right to express his Christianity as these men had to uh, express their sexual whatever they want to. You know, it's pathetic. You're a pathetic person if the only way you're identified is how you do sex. Now, that is a sad way to live because there's so much more to people than that. You understand what I'm saying? And so if and this is what people have decided to do, if that's what you want your identity to believe, you have freedom of speech, too. But I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more to you and a whole lot more to life than just who you sleep with and what you do. And so this is the sad thing that we've done. We've elevated people's sexual preferences to where it's become a god to people anymore, and and this is something that's that's uh, part of a depraved society, where we are so open and brazen about things that are really uh, need we need to show more modesty and we need to show more privacy uh, in life, uh, because the minute you start stripping away your dignity, you 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 don't think much of yourself. And you see how people have gone down in there. Look at the, the drug addicts on the street. Look at the people who are walking the streets. They, they're barely clothed. They're, you know, they, they do everything. There's no privacy. There's no humanity almost. The devil has stripped. He will strip a human being of all semblance of being human if he can. You know, I saw recently there was some kind of march in Europe somewhere, uh, they had hundreds of people who identified as dogs and they sat and barked. They had a protest and just barked the whole time. You see what I'm saying? And, and if you allow the devil, he will take people down and it's up to people who know better to stand up and say, no, wait a minute. That's not normal. God has a normal life for you. You're not a dog and you're not, not, you're made in God's image. You know, this is this is nonsense. And so but if if we keep as Christians keep giving into hate speech crimes, take me to court. My father has a higher court than any court in the land does. So we'll let him decide. He decides all my cases anyway. You understand me? But you're not going to get me to say it's okay for you to say you're a dog or a cat or binary or you can choose your sex. You can't do anything like that. Because you go let them cut you up. Let the surgeons restructure your body or cut you up. If you, you're still a man, if you're born a man, you're a man. They didn't change nothing, but made you look stupid. Now, most of those people, uh, years down the road, they have problems uh, uh, with their uh, bowel function, bladder function, all this kind of stuff. And 
Most of them regret it now. Well, the devil will, will quit messing with you about it once you've done it. He'll move on to the next person and then laugh, make fun of you. Have everybody that you every you look at somebody you think you well, I might like to get married or might like, but you already been chopped up already. Your body's mutilated, so now you you got to think about living as a, a deformed person for the rest of your life. And see, he leaves people like this. So we got more and more people coming out of the shadows now, telling what's happened to them, and telling how the enemy has tried to slaughter them. And cause them misidentification. But see, the church has got to stand up and tell people this is not normal. God did not make you to live like this. He made you who you wanted. He wanted you to be. And you need to talk to him about who you really are. Don't talk to another teacher. Don't talk to another doctor. Don't talk to another counselor. Go talk to God about who you really are. So that you can get your your true identity. And God will certainly help people like that. You know, he don't say, well, they don't get any better. They get better when they know the truth. You understand? And if they don't get better, tell them the truth anyway. It's not up to you to make them better or determine if it's worth telling them the truth. You tell the truth all the time as the church. And so as the church, we're compelled by God to to exalt Jesus, lift him up, tell the truth, be honest in our dealings with all humanity. And not ever back down. And so this is going to be our test, folks, going forward. Are we really explaining and giving the whole truth to people? Or are we running in fear, backing down? I've heard Christian ministers say stuff like, well, it's a woman's body. Seriously? That baby's body is hers? That baby belongs to God. He's just entrusting her with it. You ask any woman, did you ever get pregnant before God allowed you to get pregnant? Well, uh, well, uh, people don't even know how they conceive. They don't even know what happens. But yet, they get all kind of want to control everything now, all of a sudden. You understand what I'm saying? And the only reason people do it is because it's legal to do it. Before it was legal, they couldn't do it. And so now we've had Roe v. Wade repealed. We need to, and because the government is quick in a hurry, got a hotline for an abortion pill, got a hotline for them that California will fly you uh, out there to have an abortion. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this is this is serious, folks, because the devil is fighting back, and he wants to hold on to what he has. And so as Christians speak out and as Christians declare god's truth we're gonna have to pay for it this that's part of the price we pay for the truth is being persecuted for what we believe how we stand and what we say and if your christianity is not worth (laughs) standing up for then god's got a problem with you jesus said if you deny me what does that mean deny his word deny the truth that you're made in the image of God and abortion is murder. And it's not okay to just make a choice. You know, you ask some of these women that have children and want to march for some other woman's right to kill her baby. Well, how come, what's wrong? Why don't we kill, why don't you kill yours? Well, I wouldn't do that, but hers is trash. 
Yours is good, but hers is trash. See what I'm saying? So many people who call themselves sympathizing with, no, she's had them. She had, this is a terrible decision to have to make. No, she should have made the mistake before she got, made the decision before she got pregnant. That's what, what responsible people do. You don't get pregnant and then decide you if you want to keep a baby. That's stupid. You decide ahead of time. That's responsible. But yet, you're a bad person if you don't like them doing that. So now you got to sympathize with every woman that wants to kill her baby. Well, I don't sympathize with that. It needs to be stopped. And the sooner the better. Amen? We're not in control of this, folks. I don't care how much you can do. You don't, you didn't, you didn't know, you don't conceive life. You cooperate with God in the conception. That's God's domain. He created people. The devil don't create nobody. He just steals them. So we have to, you know, you got to get your facts together and understand. Make up your mind where you stand. Because you can't make up anybody's mind until yours is made up. You make up where you stand. And where you stand, you, you declare what you believe. And confront some of these women. You know, there's there's women now that have children that, that just barely had them because they wanted to abort the baby. And somebody talked them out of it. They're very thankful. You don't find a woman that's not thankful she didn't have her baby. You got me? And so this is something that where the devil deceives people and he can rob from them. And then what he does, he gets women to abort babies and then later, 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 later on torments them for doing it. Look at what you did. What, yeah, you know, and all that nightmares. Some of them never get beyond it. Never get beyond it. Sad. I saw, uh, on social media, some woman protesting. She had a t-shirt made. I've had 20 abortions. And she looks like a witch. She looks crazy. You don't shed that much innocent blood and have a good life. She's out there trying to pretend like she's living it up. She's sad. Somebody needs to grab her and pray with her. You know, just let her be touched by God one time and see if, if that won't change her. And so these are the, these are the issues of our age, folks. These are the issues for Christians to face now. Where if we don't stand up, we're not standing from God, for God. You know, you can't vote for people that support abortion. You can't vote for parties that have abortion in their platform and please God. I think, I think people think differently, but as long as they say we support abortion on demand, you can't vote for them people, not have a good conscience toward God. Well, I don't like them other people. That's too bad. You got to, it ain't about who you like human wise. It's about what does God say? What does his word say? You can't say you're for God. And then when it comes to action, you do something else called hypocrisy. Can't do that. Can't live like that. You got to be 100% for God all the way down the line. No compromise. And so we, we got to be sure about these things, folks. I'm not, I know it hurts your feelings not to have your favorite party and you know, to vote for, but you got to understand where God's heart is. See, this is why it's been so hard for us to overturn Roe v. Wade. There's too, been too many Christians supporting abortion. So you can't cross the line like that. It takes years to uproot that kind of stuff. 
took maneuvering in the Supreme Court. You know, uh, Clarence Thomas has been on the court for, I know, over 20 years because Biden tried to keep him off. Do your history or get a good memory because I remember that. I remember them parading that girl in there that told him lies on him. Black girl. See, this is where you turn black people against each other. You say you're for them. You got me? So they, the devil pulls every tool he can, pulls every trick in the book to get him off. And just by the grace and mercy of God, he was approved. There was that, that uh, Senator Hatch from uh, Utah christian guy they're mormons but they're christians they whoever ain't against us is for us don't get down on the mormons please leave people alone pray for them that they'll come into more light they got a they got a little light now praying for them to get more light don't condemn them because they don't believe like you think they ought to believe you don't know people's hearts but he stood up for clarence thomas and he voted for him i think he was chairman of that committee at that time and he convinced enough of the people approving him in his Senate hearings to go ahead and vote him in. And that's how he got in. But if it had been for Joe Biden, he'd have gotten out. He wouldn't have been in there. He's always stood against black people. He's not your friend. So as long as Clarence Thomas has been on the court, we haven't had enough conservatives on there to support him. So when this this court that just came up, there were two conservatives added to the court to tip the balance. And but Roe v. Wade, we've been killing babies for 50 years. You see how long it takes to reverse these things, even with people praying. And even with people uh, praying in in praying in in at the the abortion clinics and standing in line, I've never done that. I know people who do it all the time. You understand what I'm saying? And so so we got to have people on all fronts standing against this Pharaoh devil. You understand? So that we can see something good done in this country but i'm telling you it it it, these things don't reverse easily the minute you let something get in as far as law is concerned it's going to take some time and some work to get it reversed and so these are the things that we are up against as believers but god has told us to keep praying and i'm thankful he allowed me to see it while i'm yet living amen Amen. Because you want to see the results of your prayers. You don't want to go to, to the grave and, and believe that somebody else will take up the, the cause. You want to see these things happen yourself. And so I'm very, very thankful to, to God that he got it reversed. But as a watchman, I know you got to keep your foot on the devil's neck because the minute he can, he'll get up and start reviving his evil. Amen. He'll start doing it all over again. And so what we have to face in this nation is, is you got to take a stand. You'll lose some friends. You'll lose some of this. You'll lose some of that. People won't like you. They won't like what you say. People turn you off on the internet. <laughs> you know, I don't care. You, you, you got to do what you think you have to do. But I can tell you God's truth and God is for life. He's never for killing. He's never for shedding innocent blood. He's never for death. 
And so we, we as believers have to stand and declare it at all times and never, uh, uh, never compromise and never back down. And so these are the things that, that we get persecuted for in this nation. Not some, this, we're not some people in China in an underground church. We're, we're allowed to worship, uh, in public for right now. But they've been uh, arresting preachers on the streets outside of these pride parades. There's preachers there with, with their Bible in their hand, and they drag them off and arrest them. Well, why do these people get to parade around nude in front of children? That's There, there are laws against that stuff. We have decency laws everywhere. There's a laws against that. They let them ride around and turn to turn their heads. But the minute somebody wants to preach the gospel and try to tell these people you don't have to live like this, a different opinion about it, <laughs> you you got to go to jail. See, this is this is this is true, folks. This is true. So this is what we're up against as believers in this country. Amen. And worldwide, it's worse in some places than others. It's more overt, but but you know we're talking about your government coming against you. In in a lot of Muslim countries, it's it's religion against religion. The Muslims will persecute the Christians, that kind of stuff. But here, it's a government, and this is when you have to be ever more vigilant because when your government decides that you don't have rights that you were born with, we're all in trouble. Not just the Christians. See, people who aren't Christians, they think this is funny that the Christians are are getting persecuted. You know, good form. They ain't got no. But put them Bibles down. They that stuff ain't real. You know. Yeah, wait until they come for you. (laughs) Wait until they come for you. Amen. And so this is this is once it turns on one person, it'll turn on all of them. And so it's just we we just get picked on all the time. Our God is alive. The devil don't like us. He sends his people after us because our God is alive. See, he don't pick on the Muslims nearly like he does Christians. They can do it. They can go and get a rug at their job and, and pray to a dead God three times a day. And the, the, the boss will pay him for it. But when we say we want a Bible study, well, I got to check the, the legal. I got to check with legal. Legal what? It's legal to, we got free speech in this country. I'm just using the lunchroom. Is anybody using it at that time? Hmm? Nobody, nobody's asking you to promote Christianity. I'm doing that enough myself. I'll, I'll do that job. You'll have to do that. <laughs> I'll open my Bible and promote Jesus all day long. Amen. And so, so this is, this is our lot as Christians, persecution. There are more, from what I understand, uh, I'm trying to think worldwide, but, uh, spirit-filled Pentecostal denominations are the majority of Christians now. We're the majority. There used to be the Catholic Church was pretty large, was largest denomination. But when you put together all of the spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-believing believers, we're the majority. Well, we have the power. We don't use it as much as we should, but we have the power. 
And so one way or the other, we're going to be provoked to use it. Because God wants his work done. He don't care if you don't think you can't remember the last time you prayed in tongues. <laughs> the devil poke you hard enough, you pray in tongues and you cast him out too. Amen? And so if if you think that people walking around that are spirit-filled are not going to have to take a stand on Jesus, you're mistaken. They're all going to have to do it. You're going to have to risk something. And look bad to somebody that you want to look good to in order to please God. There's a high price for, look what Jesus paid to save us. Well, he saved us so we can speak up for him. He saved us so we can save babies who are going to be aborted. He saved us so that we can pull people out of hell before they go there. Amen? And get these homeless people off the street. I still haven't seen anybody God's released yet to make an impact with people like that. Now, I'm sure there are people here and there, but but this homeless whole street street people thing has gotten way out of control. And it looks overwhelming. But I can tell you one thing. People who pray have faith that God is moving and he has a plan to rescue those people. At least let them know what the truth is. And so when we understand that and we understand that's our job to rescue hurting humanity, pull them out of the fires of hell, allow enough children to be born so that God can have an inheritance on the earth. He wants people to live. He don't want them killed. And he don't understand a mother that want to kill her own baby. That's not something a holy God would understand. He just wants to stop that and rescue the both of them. And so uh, one of the things that we, we need to understand about persecution is that Christians always have a refuge whenever we're being persecuted. And I think if we would focus more on the fact that we we cannot be stopped, we cannot be uh, uh, damaged in any way that there is a rescue for us there's a relief for us there's a um, a shelter for us there's uh, goodness and mercy for us all the time there's protection for us if we will understand that and and meditate more on what God does to help us why would he let you be destroyed when you're trying to help him if they destroy you that's one soldier off the field You understand what I'm saying? So he wants you to live so that you can preach another day. You can win another soul. You can pull another baby uh, into life and out of out of uh, pieces that they discard at the abortion clinic. You can do something that that to assist him in choosing life, promoting life. When the Bible says choose life, that means you choose to be on the side of life, not just for you. You're alive. Now, when you choose life, you choose it for other people, too. Amen. We're carriers of life. We have the life-giving power of the gospel. We're to heal broken bodies, not encourage them to be broken more. We're, we're healers in the earth. Amen. And so when we carry that power, that power is going to be fought. The devil, that's the reason uh, people are in the court system now against Christians, trying to stop that power. From coming for 
And see, most spirit-filled people don't even think about praying for the sick. They think about what they want, you know. But uh, I can remember years ago when when uh, God would tell us that one of the mandates on the ministry was that when people came in that weren't baptized in the Holy Ghost, he we were to to pray for them and he would baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And we would see people come in, pray in tongues. You never see them again. Come in, get the, the pray in tongues. You never see again. I said, God, what is happening to these people? How come these people don't stay and learn how to do something with the gift you just gave them? And he told me, he said, don't worry about them. He said, I have a draft system that they cannot dodge. You know what his draft system is? Part of it's persecution. They get persecuted enough, they'll run to the church. See, they'll run to Jesus then. They'll learn how to pray in tongues. They'll learn what that's for. Amen? They'll learn how the power operates. People do things because they have a need. Amen? At that time, they had a need. They didn't know what it was. They had a need for power. The minute you tell people, oh, God gives you power with the baptism, they say, I want the power. <laughs> And pray in tongues one time and then run off. You don't see them anymore. Amen. Well, you didn't learn how to. That's like selling somebody a gun and they don't even know how to open it up and put bullets in it. You got me. But God told me, he said, I know how to find those people. And I know how to get them, get them in operation. <laughs> you know, get them so that they'll do something for me. So when God gives gifts, they're never in vain. He knows what he's doing. Amen. A gifts are without repentance. So them tongue talkers, they still got tongues in them. They haven't used, they haven't dusted them off and used them in 20 years. But they're going to fight just like that gun we put up. Until the neighborhood goes bad and we can't afford to move, then we realize I got to stay here and defend myself. Amen? So you learn how to use your gun. That's all this is about. And so God knows how to press people into into service. Amen? You see little bits here and there, trickle here and there. I, I go on, you know, you don't see many postings about Christian things. Mostly you see it about these crazy entertainers and stuff. But every now and then you'll see somebody post a video about uh, people being saved on the streets of Chicago. People worshiping God through the streets of Seattle, Washington of all places. People being, uh, uh, baptizing hundreds of people in the ocean in California again. They've, they've, there's a move of God to win the lost at any cost. And it's public. Amen. There is on, uh, I forget what, what public place it is. It's like a, uh, like our public square here, but it's in Chicago and they have, uh, people, there's maybe about a dozen or so men with their Bibles. Amen. Preaching to people, stopping and praying with them, leading them to Christ, you know, giving them a little tract or something like that. People are doing the Lord's work at all times. Amen. So our job is to pray and to step out and do these things when God opens the door for them. And so we're we're going to see more. You're going to see a whole lot more because people still need to be empowered. You know, this newer generation they need the power too. So, and, and many people are not coming to church because churches are closed down. We have nearly as many churches as we once had. Amen. And the ones we have aren't full. And so, you know, you you'll see people crowding into places of worship because they're hungry. They want what everybody else has. 
but how many of them really are born again? You see what I'm saying? And so God's got to filter through all that and get people born again and get them empowered. The best way to convince people God is real is through signs and wonders. That's why he gets involved in it. He said, I confirm my word with signs following it. Amen. To convince a sign convinces people. If that weren't necessary, God wouldn't be involved in it. Amen. He got to show people when he say I'm your healer, he's got to heal people. I'm your deliverer, he got to set people free. Amen. That's a sign. It follows what we say we believe about God. So he's got to get believers, but he's got to have equipped believers. Can't have people that's just out there talking. Amen. So that's what the power's for. And and God is igniting people. It's going to continue to ignite people even more. We see these little trickles now. They're going to be little blazes in a lot of places. Amen. I'm praying for it to happen in the halls of Congress. That people will start to, to really exalt the Lord. And really bless the Lord. And really lift him up. Amen. And not be ashamed. In every quarter of this 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 world, God has got to be, Jesus has got to be lifted up. Amen. You know, people get so down on, on uh, Trump when he was president, but he had people praying for him all the time in the White House. There's so many photos of him with black people laying hands on a white, supposed to be racist, man. Y'all better wake up and find out what's going on because the devil will pull the wool over your eyes if you keep those blinders on all the time. That's why they're trying to keep him out of there now. It's too much respect for God in there. But he did this. and What did you do? Tell on yourself first. We gotta stop these petty games, folks. This is for the life of, of humanity here. If we let the gospel get shut down here and we let more factories get shut down, we don't have people good, getting good paychecks to pay to get the gospel in places where it needs to go. You got to read the writing on the wall, folks. It ain't It ain't good if we let it keep going the way it's going. And so God wants us to be out here and to to represent him in a real way but it's costing us you can't be intimidated by people not liking what you say or not liking the truth or not really want to you don't have to agree with me i'm told to tell the truth amen and you are too and you better be telling god's truth you can't tell the truth you make up yourself or somebody else is pumped in your head you got to have the truth in you and your inward parts. Amen. But we've got to fight back against this persecution of Christians. Amen. Jews don't move in power. They, we, we believe in the same God, but they don't move in our power. We're the ones who got to We're the church. We've got to do this. And so God wants us to, to step out boldly, confidently, knowing that he's with us. But you need to know also that you have a place of mercy and you have a place of escape against persecution. Don't be afraid. 
because God will fight for you. He will take care of you and he will protect you. And so the first place where God gave his people a refuge from persecution was in Goshen. And that was the land that uh, God had given to uh, Joseph. Joseph was made prime minister over Egypt. Pharaoh was the only person who was over him in that whole country. So don't tell me Christians can't be put in powerful positions in government. They always have. Always have. We've always had believers who could influence leaders, secular leaders, when God needed them to. Problem we have sometimes is that some of our Christian leaders, our church leaders, want to have influence for their personal gain instead of God, what God does. And so this is something that's a delicate dance because you have to be careful to not step over a line that God gives you to be in if you're going to influence people in government, people in, in the workplace, everywhere where people live uh, they're in high positions in different things. You have to be careful to not get yourself involved. That's why God can't use a whole lot of people. Because the first thing they want to go say is, I, I, I prophesied to Michael Jackson. I, you know, shut up. Shut up. You know, if God wants to get that testimony, let him get it. Michael Jackson's dead now anyway. Did you ever lead him to the Lord? You know, you never hear anybody giving that testimony. It's true. And if somebody did lead them, they kept it to themselves, which is a good thing. Let it be between you and God. But there, you need to be somebody who's, number one, 100% devoted to God and his word and to truth. You've got to be 100% devoted to God and obedient to God and his truth. Amen. And so this was Joseph. Joseph was tested. You don't want to go to prison like he was. You don't want to go through all that. You understand me? Very few people can hold up under that. That's why God has very few people he can use sometimes. But he's long-suffering. He'll wait until he can groom somebody who passed the test. But so many of them get stars in their eyes. They want to be a big deal, want to be this, that, and all this other stuff for self, not for them, not for God's glory. Amen? Jesus was tested. You know, the minute... Many God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Ghost drove him up to the wilderness. And the devil kept telling him, if you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, do this. Well, God just told him he was the son of God. Well, when God starts to elevate you, the devil will come and challenge if that's who you really are. You can make book on it. I shouldn't say make book. That's a worldly term, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Can take it to the bank, amen. So, so this is this is is this is the whole thing. Can you withstand fame? The devil offered Jesus fame. I'll give you all of this if you'll do this under my power. Use your power for my kingdom instead of using your power for God. That's what it always is. You, they want you want to influence people, and the devil wants to use you to influence people on his behalf. And you think it's for you. You got to get you out of yourself. 
you supposed to be dead at Calvary anyway. Amen. Never to raise up again. And so this is why very few people can pass the test. Everybody wants some glory for themselves. I just, if I could just get over in that situation, I'd be this and I'd be that. Well, you know, you won't get there probably. God won't put you there if you need it that much to promote yourself. And so we're going to be tested. You know, Joseph was tested sorely before he woke up one day and he he had wanted to get out of jail and actually asked those two men to put in a good word for him well now he didn't ask both of them because one of them wasn't going to live but he asked the one that was going to live he said put in a good word for me and the, and the bible says the guy forgot then two years later he remembered hmm, he ain't forgot nothing god just made him forget god will let you remember when he wants you to remember something <laughs> Other than that, you forgetful. But he couldn't think of Joseph's name. He couldn't remember what Joseph told him to do for two years. All of a sudden, when everybody was being threatened, his memory got jogged. (laughs) Amen? So it's at the right time. Joseph would have been undercooked if God had got him out one day sooner. Amen? So Joseph, then he's, he's promoted. The second in command, you don't get that wanting stuff for you. You get that when you want stuff, when God tells you to want it. Joseph, when he was in jail, he couldn't go to the bathroom until God gave him permission to go. He couldn't do anything down there without God's permission. But he stayed faithful to God. That was the important thing. And that's our important thing. We must stay faithful to God. You can't compromise on anything, folks. You got to be straight up down the line doing everything God wants you to do. And so here we have uh in in Exodus I'm sorry Genesis chapter 45 that's where we're going to start. And and we see Joseph rising to power in Egypt and being very highly respected. And this is where the land of Goshen is first given to the children of Israel. Joseph needed a place for his people to stay. In uh, 45 and verse 10, <clears throat> Joseph has already talked to Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh has told him what, you're, what they're to do and how they're going to do it. Joseph could not have gotten this far with hate in his heart toward his brethren. This is one thing you've got to learn. You've got to love the brethren. You know, we, we want to love everybody and then criticize the church. You, you're not going to get anywhere. You're talking about God's kids. You would tell, I'm a child of God. You can't treat me like that. Well, you make sure you're treating people right, and especially God's people. We can't have infighting in the house of God and expect for God to honor what we do. And so... <clears throat> Joseph begins to explain everything to his his family, to his brothers, and I think his dad is to come down later. Uh, Israel is to come down later, but Joseph makes a plan for them, and this is a plan to preserve them. And it says in verse seven of forty five seven, and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity. That means children, so that so that our our people will not die out a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives with a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me here. 
This is repentance, folks. This is forgiveness. This is the voice of forgiveness. Joseph, you've got to be a forgiving person if you're going to use God's power. You can't be a hothead. You can't be mad at everybody. You can't be smiling, waiting for people to get what's coming to them. You understand what I'm saying? It's not forgiveness. Leave people alone and honor God and act like a saint. It says, and God sent me before you to preserve you. He said, you didn't send me here. You ain't big enough. (laughs) Hey, God sent me here. And you got to know that about every person that's ever done anything wrong to you. You understand me? They ain't big enough to put any kind of real hurt on you. You just faking it. Dry your little tears and keep it moving. He says, God sent me before you so you so we can all live. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to give up a comfortable family life in order for other people to live. And God selects people to do those things. And he says, and now uh, hasten and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down, see, here's a dream coming to pass. Now everybody's clued in. This is that dream he had that you hated him for. It was to do you good. And he says, and you shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near unto me. Now, now. Joseph had to live uh, close to Pharaoh. He lived in the palace. But Goshen was close to the seat of power. I must say it again. Your safety is close to the seat of power. You're not so far away you can't be an influence in the right time. And he said, you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. And there I will nourish you. Goshen is your place not only of refuge but nourishment. You won't starve to death serving God. You won't have to buy dried food that lasts for 25 years. God, he wants you to have fresh. What does Amos 9.13 say? Amen. You'll have fresh food. Amen. And he says, he says, I will nourish you for there are yet five years of famine. So they came down in the second year, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. So Joseph said, I went through all of this so that you could live. You can eat. You can be secure. You can be safe. Amen. And he said, go back and tell my father about Goshen, about all the things good that are going to happen to you. The other thing you need to know about Goshen is in in, um, Genesis 40. What was that? 45, 46 and verse, let me find it. In verse 30, 31. Joseph said to his brethren and to his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say to him, my brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come to me. And the men are shepherds, for their trade has to been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it will come to pass 
when Pharaoh shall call you and say, what is your occupation? You shall say, thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth until now, both we and all our fathers, that way we may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. God will keep you safe because your faith is an abomination to the powers that be. Your faith is an abomination to the devil's people. Don't get it twisted. Don't get kind of comfortable around worldly people and try to curl up with them because they hate you. Their boss hates you. Amen. And that thing can turn on you at any time. But God has made provision for people to have a safe, comfortable existence even in the midst of persecution. So here God sets his people in a foreign land in the midst of people who don't appreciate or or like their lifestyle and what they do. That's us, folks. It, it's been true since God had people in the earth. That never changes. And so don't get too chummy chummy and funny funny with worldly uh, worldly uh, uh, situations and people and uh, things like that. Don't get too familiar with that. You know, I'll see people who I know are Christians. They're parents or pastors and they'll they'll post something about something in the on the worldly scene before they'll post something post a scripture every time something pops up in the world they got an opinion about it or something negative somebody in the church world does something controversial they're the first ones to find it and speak on it but they won't put anything on their day-to-day don't even paste cut and paste all to get a scripture on your page all you got to do is cut and paste And they won't even do that to lift up Jesus. So you know where they are. So, you know, Goshen ain't for people like that. (laughs) Compromise. You wind up getting your head bashed in by the devil. Maybe you'll make it over there eventually. But Goshen is for people who, who their lifestyle is abominable to the world. What you do turns worldly people off. They're not real comfortable with you. Amen. And so, but, but. You are able to keep everything that you possess. In other words, the government can't take anything from you. They can't strip you of your livelihood. They can't strip you of your possessions. I don't care how much you preach, how much you speak against what they do. The government cannot take that away. You have a safe place to live in the spirit of God. Amen. In Genesis 47, 27, you'll see the uh, another statement about what it was like in Goshen. This is what it should be like for you everywhere you go in the earth. Israel dwelt in the land of, of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. You don't diminish, you grow. You thrive, you prosper, you flourish. You do what you want to do. Your kids get married. They have families. It goes on and on. Why? Because you live in that safe place of Goshen. You live in that place that God has set aside for you, even though the rest of the world is evil, even though they hate you, even though they persecute you. You still have a safe place to live because you serve God. Amen. So there's prosperity in Goshen. The other thing you need to know about Goshen is in Exodus in chapter um, uh, 7 and, and, and so forth, God began to tell them 
that they had a safe place in Goshen. So in other words, every plague that hit Egypt never touched Goshen. When the Red Sea turned to blood, people in Goshen, their water was pure. They could drink their water. They could live like it was like they were living outside of a movie or something. They looked outside toward Egypt and everything that that was was the Egyptians' property was suffering through these plagues and none of them ever hit them. In Exodus chapter 9 and verse 26, and Moses said, it's not right for us to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. We shall sacrifice an abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes. Will they not stone us? So we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command. Now I'm going to go down to 9 where I was supposed to be, 926. And this is where the plagues start. So Moses knew they couldn't sacrifice, even in Goshen, that the Egyptians would, would do some damage. So Goshen was a limited shelter for them until God set them free. See, God wants you 100% free. The, the, uh, the uh, Israelites could do everything but make sacrifices to God as in Goshen. Why was that? God will always limit your freedom when he wants you to move on. To get freer, you got to move. Amen. So uh, that was never their permanent home. That was a temporary home, but they had everything that they needed every single day. Amen. And so he says here, um, Moses, verse 23, Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and the fire uh, ran along upon the ground and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail very grievous i guess so you don't know if you you hot or cold you got fire that stands up under water that's like a steam bath outside amen constantly and he says here was very grievous and there was nothing like it done in the land of egypt before or since or any nation and the hail smote throughout the land of egypt in all that was in the field both man and beast, so here we got crops killed off, and the hail smote every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, where there was no hail. There's nothing going on in Goshen. So you stand in Goshen, it's like watching a movie outside. I said, man, it's rough out there. We don't. How come we don't have it, God? Because you protect us. You fight for us. God sees a difference between his people and the devil's people. Don't let anybody tell you any, like, judgment is coming. It ain't coming to me. And I, I'm, I'll, maybe you ain't living right, but I know me. I can get mercy from God all the time. I'm one of his people. He put me here to live so that I could work for him. What are you doing? Well, I'm working for God, but he's still going to, he ain't going to do nothing. Just watch. You can live for a hundred more years and you won't see the righteous ever judged or or put to death because of their sin. We have redemption in God. And sinners can get it too if they'll believe him and repent. So Israel could see devastation all around them, but it did not come near them. Amen. It will will not befall them. 
You're seeing Psalm 91 over here in the book of Exodus. Before you can even write a psalm, God's doing it. (laughs) Amen. Why? Because he's the same God. He don't have to tell you what he's going to do before he does it. But this is Psalm 91 coming to pass. And it says here in 91.7, a thousand shall fall at your side, 10,000 in your right hand, but it won't come near you. With your own eyes, you'll look and behold the reward of the wicked. So Israel is looking with their own eyes out at the land of Egypt over in Goshen. Everything's cool. Why? Because they made the Lord their refuge. They call on the name of the Lord. Amen. And they understand that he will come for them. They called on the great I am at that time. He was the the almighty. Amen. He was almighty God until he started showing up doing certain things for him. And then he was Jehovah God. Amen. The, The Lord God, Lord of different things. But he was almighty God back then. He showed himself almighty in front of Pharaoh. And he says here, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll trust. You'll take refuge there. That Goshen was, was his feathers, was under his shadow and under his feathers. Amen. How did that happen? Because say, God, you're my refuge. Amen. I bet they had a lot of Egyptians wanting to convert. You'd have a lot of Egyptians looking over there and say, how can we get over there? You won't have to convince nobody that God is real, honey. He can show them he's real 24-7. Don't ever underestimate our God. Amen. And he says, you shall not be afraid. When Goshen, you don't have any fear. Why would you fear? You're protected. That stuff ain't coming near you. Huh? Coming to a place near you, protection, security, provision. Israel could eat three meals a day and sit there and watch them people over there suffering. They were scrambling for food and scrounging for food and couldn't get over there and get it. Huh? Well, how come they couldn't get, you know, they could get over there if they would ask the 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 uh, Levites, you know, we really love your God. Is it any way we can serve him too? They say, sure, come on in. But the majority of the Egyptians thought the Israelites were an abomination to them. You know, sometimes there's being abomination is a good thing. People hating you is a good thing sometimes. Amen. They won't come in and start stealing your stuff. Plus, they were afraid of that God. They weren't that easy to, you know, to just jump the line and come on over and think they could stay in Goshen in a corner and not be noticed. Amen. <laughs> they couldn't stand. God would drive you out. And so God has protection for his people. I don't care what kind of plague. A plague to me is any kind of of interruption in the normal flow of your peace. Anything that disturbs your peace, that would cause you to worry, that it could cause you some harm or some damage. Like the COVIDs, all that stuff. They're pretty soon they're going to quit playing around with that because people see through it. There's a, still some people who are going to be scared and going to want to stand in line and get a jab. You understand what I'm saying? And, and all of that stuff, even though it's been proven it's not effective and it's really harming people, they, they rather, some people, Christians, would rather trust that than trust God's word. You can always trust God's word. 
well, I don't know about all that. You need to get to finding out. It's never too late to find out. You can trade ignorance for knowledge any day. Amen. It's always a good time to get knowledgeable. It's never a good time to stay ignorant about things. So our security, folks, is in God's word. He is our refuge. Our, you can hide in your Bible from a lot of evil, and you can spare yourself and your family of a lot of difficulty just by trusting God and praying the word. Because there's going to come a time where we as Christians, we're not going to be able to compromise like we can now. Like right now, you see a lot of Christians upholding things they shouldn't be speaking up for. You should be lifting up Jesus. These people who want to go on there and talk about, well, Beyonce ain't that bad and all this kind of stuff. Take your mouth off, Beyonce. You don't know nothing about her. All you know is what you see in these and you think it's glamorous and you think it's fun and she black. She was. Can't say nothing bad about black people. Grow up. The devil jumps in any kind of skin he can jump in. And we're not a different race. We're all God's people. Amen. Some of us don't know him yet. And if we if we start preaching right, acting right, and thinking right, we'll know we'll cause more people to want to know him. Amen. When you're in trouble, you don't care what color that person is that's coming to help you. You just want some help. You understand what I'm saying? I don't even remember the color of the person that led me to the Lord. A lot of people do and some people don't. Amen. You just just understand that God had a word for you. He had help for you. You know, people that prayed for you to receive the Holy Ghost. I don't even remember who that was. It was a room full of people. But I received from God. That's that's all you care about. It's the bottom line. But we've got to quit this compromise with the devil, folks. You've got to purify your hearts. Get your heart right about things. You know, quit being so one-sided about everything and traditional we've got to kill a lot of a lot of bad seed that's in us but we working on it everybody's coming to the light and understanding the only thing that's important is jesus christ and to preach him crucified so that people will know that there's a savior in the earth he's no respecter of persons and you aren't either you're gonna you're gonna uh, lift up jesus in front of all kind of people and declare his glory and his righteousness so that they can be saved. Amen. That's all that's important. It's all that's important is that people receive his word and that they be saved. So so we're going to pray. We're going to uh, uh, pray against this um, uh, persecution. That's what we need to hit first. Uh, our protection prayers. And pray for persecuted Christians in this country and everywhere. Because there are people, it, Canada has been very bad recently. It's It's been, their government has been speaking out against preachers, against Christians. Uh, all of this stuff. This is a worldwide demon that's been released recently. Like I would say in the last three years since the pandemic, there's been an intensity of persecution against God's people. Why? To see if they can back us in the corner. They shut down. I think it's like a 60% of churches have not reopened yet. Some are not going to. Amen. And so we're going to have to preach the gospel wherever. Well, if it took that to smoke us out of these buildings, so be it. Amen. We need to get out and share Christ with people. 
and, and quit pretending like we are. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you that you are the God of all flesh and nothing's too hard for you. Lord, forgive our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. We thank you so much, Father, that we are cleansed, we are, are purified, and we are holy people. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that does that work in us and for us. We don't know how it happens, Father, but we know that we are changed and transformed. And so, Father, you invite us to come boldly to your throne by way of the blood. And we present ourselves to you, Father, that you might guide us in prayer and you might help us to pray the way you want us to pray. And so we thank you, Father. And, Father, we pray against persecution. Lord, we thank you that as believers we submit to you, resist the devil, and devil, you must flee. Devil, you must flee from us seven ways. Vengeance belongs to you, O God. We resist retaliation against our accusers. We are serving you. So why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You who sit in the heavens are laughing at the devil. You're laughing at persecution. You're laughing at those who want to shut us down. You're laughing at those who want to put us in jail. Those who want to strip us of our livelihood and our possessions. Behold their threatenings, Lord. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. And we declare that the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let them fall by their own counsels. Lord, we thank you to judge the people. Judge us, O Lord, according to our integrity that is in us. And let the mischief of they who persecute us return upon his own head. Keep us as the apple of your eye and hide us under the shadow of your wings. Thank you for teaching our hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in our arms. Thank you that you have given us the necks of our enemies and shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lies against us. Cause the tongue of the wicked persecutors to cleave to the roof of the mouth. Stop the pointing of the finger against your servant. Stop those who point the finger against us without a cause and who hate us. It's time for you to work, Lord. They have made void your law. Lord, we know that it's nothing for you to help. Help us, O Lord, our God. Save us according to your mercy. Let our hands prosper and prevail against our enemies. But the Lord is with us as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, our persecutors shall stumble. They shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. And their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. And Father, we pray for protection. Um, uh, we pray for protection for children, the crimes against children. We bind the lust, hate, and murder triad. We say no male babysitters. We break spirits of stupor and folly over parents. We lose godly wisdom. We declare homes upright before the Lord. The hearts of the fathers will turn toward the sons and the sons toward the father. Thank you for protection by the heavenly host. We break mind occult and drug culture powers over children. With Jezebel, we cut cords to children. Show no pity if you weep for them. Lord, we let your word not depart from the children's mouths. Thank you, Lord. The children will be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We break the power of witchcraft in schools and in children and in the home. And we take, <coughs> we ask you to put weapons and guns and safe places in homes and make them unavailable to children. 
the government will compel parents to be more responsible and not allow children to have access to guns. We bind strife and violence between children. We bind peer pressure to commit murder. We pray for the fruit of self-control. And we bind this spirit, this transgender spirit, where these boys who claim to be girls will uh, beat up on girls in the schools. We break this power in the name of Jesus. We break the power of gangs that make them undesirable to children. We break the power of witchcraft that allows kidnapping, rape, murder, terrorists, and internet stalking. Jezebel, we bind your false family and fantasy spirits as companions for lonely or rejected children. We ask them to fill up their loneliness with your love. Make children wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Draw children to Christian websites and safe places for them to come where they get wholesome information. Let our children be taught the right things in our schools, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Let them be taught to read. Let them be taught to write. Let them be taught to use their minds for good things, Father, and not to pollute their minds. We break the power of these uh, uh, gay and lesbian uh, intimidation and information in schools. Take these filthy pornography books out of our school libraries and put conviction on people who put those things in there and get them out of their uh, responsible peoples. Fire these principals who let this happen. Fire these librarians. Fire these school boards who let this nonsense happen. And we thank you, Lord, to clean up our schools, clean up our houses of worship, clean up our nation, Father, clean up this society, and clean up societies in the world in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you to bring holiness and righteousness back into our lives and into the mainstream of America. Make it um, accessible and available to every man and every woman and every child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and praise God. Amen again. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. All right. We're going to pray our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have, and you name whatever else you fight, you're standing against it, you're healed. And it can't get me because I'm healed. And thank you, Jesus, by your stripes, we were already healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord.